You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you are a parent who's also employed, how have you found working during the coronavirus? For many of us, it's been a mixed bag. You have the flexibility of working from home, more time with your kids, less rushing overall. But then you've probably also struggled with getting work done, and you may also have had to salary sacrifice along the way. So now that we've had a taste of a greater flexibility with our work and home lives, what is it that we actually want? And what can we expect to have once life returns to normal, given that employers now know that working from home is a possibility? Justine Alter is a psychologist and co-founder of Transitioning Well. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, she was campaigning for greater flexibility for workers everywhere, particularly parents. Hi, Justine. How are you? Hi. Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, So what aspects of working from home do parents want to take with them into the new normal? Yeah, it's an interesting time. I mean, I'll preface it by saying obviously it hasn't been easy for everybody and certainly working from home has looked different depending on your individual circumstances. But I think um, one thing is ringing true for everybody and that's certainly if you've had a long commute time, um, getting that back in your day has allowed you to take on different tasks at home and certainly from a work-life balance point of view, allow things like exercise time and cooking time and um, some of the domestic duties that when we're all in offices become a real struggle and have certainly, um, you know, over the last decade or so become a real stress, particularly to working parents um, and particularly where the majority of domestic duties fall on the mum. And so that's certainly something that I think people um, have loved that aspect of flexibility and will want to carry forward if they can work from home into the future. And um, it seems like it's a healthier way of living. Like I, I feel so much healthier now than when I was working more hours and working in the office. Is that even an argument for your for bosses to think, well, if I do continue this kind of flexibility, then I'm going to have a more robust workforce? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that a lot of this has, I mean, the, the thing that's come out of this is if you think about it as it's been the greatest pause we've ever had in the history of our lives and given people real time to reassess what's important. And from that, I'm a firm believer that um, productivity has actually been better for it. And I'm not discounting the fact that if you've had to homeschool your children as well, that certainly has been very stressful and certainly hasn't been a true indication of what working from home can look like. Um, Also taking into account that this hasn't been a choice to work from home during this period. And when choice is removed, it's really hard because this hasn't been the true indication of what that's like. So I think what you and I are both talking about is if this extends into the future, it's not a matter of being in lockdown and having to homeschool. It's a matter of how can we gain more flexibility and our children would be in daycare and be in school and it would be a choice to to work from home some of the time. And how have businesses found the experience with most of the workforce working from home, do we know whether there have been challenges for businesses or has it overwhelmingly been a good thing for them as well? 
I think that's a very mixed um, sort of situation because I think in the beginning it was really crisis mode and for some companies they didn't have the IT systems to just up and run and had to think very quickly and that were very stressful times. I know um, amongst our clients a lot of the HR directors were really, really stretched on the HR teams at that point in time just to logistically make this happen and to get their workforce out of the office really quickly. So when we're talking from a transition point of view, which is our area of specialty at Transitioning Well, um, it, there was no time to prepare. It was literally forced into being at home and everybody at home. So, you know, the phrase that we use a lot is it wasn't even working from home, it was working with home. But now what we're looking at is going back and having the time to prepare well. So I think what some companies will find is once they did hit the ground running and did put things in place, it's actually worked remarkably well. And I've had a number of our companies say, um, we've progressed 10 years through this, these three months and we've trialled stuff that we would, wouldn't have considered because we thought we couldn't do it and now we know we can. Is that journey complete, do you think? Because if we move into this next phase and in theory everyone's allowed back in the office but workplaces consider having more people working from home, is there still more of the journey, more experiments, more things that need to be tested in order for it to work well? Or do you think that in the last roughly two months that those things have been ironed out? Oh, no, I think this is very much a work in progress. I think because what we're considering as well is for some of these workplaces, you're looking at a complete cultural shift. So a number of our clients where working from home was really considered... Um, exceptional circumstances or some teams were pro and other teams, you know, they were just told really in our team working from home is not an option. You know, we've seen a lot of that historically. Um, so there's, this is going to be a moving feast. There's no question that some organisations are going to really have to shift from the top down. Um, I mean, I know I'll use the legal industry as an example because um, inherently in the legal industry, you often have gotten pushback of we can't be client-facing if we work from home. We can't meet our client demands. A lot of return-to-work mums have struggled um, with going back part-time for those very reasons. And a lot of that communication needs to shift right from the partner level. Um, and that's going to be difficult. And it's going to be a journey that is, is a really exciting one, but I think there's a lot to iron out in terms of there being a trust for this process actually working and trialling what will work and what won't work. Do you think there'll be resistance from some businesses or some areas like the legal profession to mm. embracing this change of, of working from home? I mean, I'm looking at it from a perspective of a content creator in media and mm-hmm. everyone in our office has managed to uh, make it work on some level. Some we've we've had to come into the office for a few different things, but on the whole, our mm-hmm. industry has shown we can do it from home. So I can see why my employers would say, mm-hmm. "Okay, let's have a look at what this might look like in the future, or a combination, or something mm-hmm. along those mm-hmm. lines." Mm-hmm. Do you think? There are industries like the legal profession mm. that will say, okay, so it, it worked, but it was hard and we're, we're mm. just not going to go mm. down this road. I think they'll have a very tough time saying that because I think a lot of people have proven that this is what they want. And I think if there are enough people lobbying for it, there's going to have to be some consideration. And I mean, it doesn't mean to say that this is going to be all employees get what they want. I think there's a lot of talk about this being a consultative process and what might that look like on an individual level. And I think that's really important to consider going forward. 
So it's very much going to be some sort of trial. And I don't think we'll see complete teams working from home um, indefinitely, as in every single day. I think there will be a hybrid model of some teams being in on certain days. Um, and certainly knowing, though, that you can dial into meetings with more confidence. I think there was some reticence to that before, or definitely the, there was sort of this underlying feeling that if you weren't, you, if you weren't in the office, you weren't being productive. And I think we've proven that's not the case. That's definitely true. Although I have to say yeah. I'm looking forward to a day when we're not doing all Zoom meetings. Because Absolutely. There yeah, are some stumbling blocks there. Oh, definitely. And I, that's why I say I don't think you're going to find a lot of people saying, oh, this has been an absolute ball. I never want to go back to the office. Um, I think what you'll find is them saying, I realise that there might be certain tasks that I was so productive on at home that I'll set aside a day a week or two days a week or a day a fortnight when I look at my workload and I'd rather work from home because I know if there's one or two meetings, I can dial into those um, comfortably without thinking, oh, I've got a meeting, so I need to be in the office. Do you think this challenge going forward then is going to be more on the shoulders of managers? So those people who have to coordinate with different team members doing different hours, that sounds like it's the most complicated jigsaw puzzle there. So do you think that's where the, the burden is going to lie? Yeah, I really do. And I also think, unfortunately, and this might sound like a gross stereotype at the moment, but managers are very underskilled in um, navigating remote workforces as a whole. So those who've been able to lead well through this time have really shown intentional leadership or compassionate leadership. And those that haven't managed so well really have skills to learn and need to to learn them quickly because you're going to need them in navigating the, the journey back into part office, part home or whatever that hybrid model looks like. You, you're going to have to lead the teams through it with confidence. And I always say people don't leave organisations, they leave managers. So so if you're someone who has benefited or seen the benefits of working from home and you're thinking, okay, so they're talking about people slowly coming back to the workforce now, but I want to keep several days working from home, not just during this pandemic, but for the long term. What advice do you have from them? I mean, how do we look at negotiating this? Should it be an expectation? Should it be something that's almost like a a salary sacrifice situation? I mean, how like a benefit to work from home or should we just assume that it it is something we can ask for? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think, um, you know, we, we don't have any precedent in this, but what we can do is look at the frameworks that have worked well. And I think many new mums in particular would say that coming back from parental leave, they had to negotiate all sorts of different arrangements. And what has worked well from the work that we've always done, and I would encourage anybody to do this, is, uh, you know, not to go in with a laundry list or not to go in with an expectation, this is my due right, but also not to go in thinking, well, this is an absolute perk. It's more about saying I'm very well aware that I need to meet the business needs as well as my own in this. Put your case forward as to why you'd like to trial something and then treat it that way. Because if you treat something as a trial, managers are a lot more likely to concur because they'll say, okay, well, there's an understanding that we're going to monitor this closely. What's going to be really important throughout this time is communication and consultation to say, is this actually working? Um, how do you feel about things? Where's your, your head at in terms of what you're achieving from an outcome perspective, as opposed to 
actual days because it's not about saying, oh, well, I want one day so I can do this or two days or it might just be saying, well, let me look at my entire workload and see what I can negotiate here and let's, let's do it for a month or two months or even three months and keep checking in and tweaking things as needed. And do you suggest that you go to a conversation like that with almost like a, a business plan laid out on a piece of paper or, you know, how well planned do you mm. think we need to be as we go into those conversations or can it be something that starts off with a casual suggestion just to test the yeah. waters? Yeah, I think a casual conversation is always a good way to start because you suss things out and you're able to ascertain where the other person is at. I always believe in documenting things following. So even if it's via an email, great to catch up. This is what we discussed. These are my thoughts. You know, this is where I'd, I'd like to head with them and go from there. I think going in with an absolute planned business case, you run the risk of it it's being seen again as meeting only your needs as opposed to where the business is at. And the only way you're going to ascertain where the business is at is through conversation at the moment because no one really knows. Day-to-day things are changing so quickly and business needs are changing so quickly that you don't know what the plans of the business are. I think people are really looking at now practically what does it even mean to return and Unfortunately, the you know the aftermath of this is it's a long period of time. It's not about us saying we're going to go back to offices next week and this is what the picture is going to look like. I, I think none of us really know, and I don't think that government knows, and I don't think that businesses actually know the right pathway out of this. What about those that may be feeling uncertain about their own job security? Should they hold back on making these kinds of requests or? Mm. You know, because sometimes you don't want to, you don't even want to test the waters in case they yeah. start looking at yeah. Yeah. ending your employment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that's, that is always a hard one. But I think during this time, you have to look at the individual circumstances anyway, because for some people, if it's working from home is purely work-life balance that suited me well, that's why I want to achieve it versus um, I'm actually really anxious and I've got somebody who's immune compromised and working from home is going to allow me to, you know, um, be able to have different childcare situations or whatever that might be. Um, I think there are different reasons for people requesting it. So I think that has to be taken into account, even if there is job insecurity. For some people, it's going to be, well, if they're not going to give me some flexibility, I can't stay in this role. It's such an interesting time. I'm sure you've got your hands full right now, yeah. Justine. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. That's Justine Alter. She's a psychologist and the co-founder of Transitioning Well, and we'll pop links to their website in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.